Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Hey, welcome to the show, Leadership is Changing. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Leaders everywhere confront similar obstacles because people are people, but everywhere you go, leaders are overwhelmed, disrupted, and under pressure. They run from email to email, meeting to meeting. Many leaders are not changing quick enough, which means they run the risk of becoming irrelevant and being left behind. The purpose of the show is taking our listeners' leadership to another level by finding their balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. I believe we don't have enough effective leaders in the world today, and if we can get the leaders to step up and lead change, then they can inspire real change. Hey, listeners, it's now time to adapt in our fast-moving world, and I want to welcome you to the Ask Dennis episode, which is a freestyle episode. I'm asked a question by our listeners, or I share my thoughts, insights, and experiences from working with leaders around the globe. Hey, listeners, just check out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing, and uh, that has been launched and it's available for you to join. And uh, please go ahead and join that group and uh, look forward to seeing you on the Leadership is Changing Facebook group. Today's topic is around the positive results of hiring a coach. Many organizations, CEOs, senior leaders, aren't sure whether they should hire a coach to improve their results. So today... We're going now going to talk about the positive results of hiring a coach. But before we go there, what I'd like to talk about is what is the difference between coaching versus mentoring? A lot of people don't know the difference or don't understand how they are different, how they differ or how they are different. The reason being is that today the word coaching is used a lot and it tends to be a lot of a, like a buzzword out there. And you have people who are consultants and others who are calling themselves coaches nowadays. But I'm going to give you the meaning of what a coach means from a real, uh, the, the true sense of coaching and also mentoring. Now, when we actually talk about it, I actually like to keep it simple. And this is how I describe it. Mentoring is when you meet with a subject matter expert who shares their subject matter expertise, experiences, war stories, and probably their network as well. Coaching is when a person will ask good quality thinking questions to help you get from point A to point B. Or they may help you on a dilemma. So that's just a couple of examples of what I'm talking about there. They bring no hidden agendas or any bias to the discussion. Coaching has become one of the most effective, widely used business tools available today. Because of this, many executives are now becoming interested in the process and all that it involves. 
They want to know how it can help them personally, how it can help their employees, how it can help them make the entire business more productive. Now, you may be wondering the same thing as well. So I've got a few items to share with you today in relation to how hiring a coach can actually help provide or have positive results. Now, working with a coach can can help improve the overall workplace environment. In other words, that can become a psychological safe environment that people feel like they're okay, they feel like they're safe. There's a growth mindset environment. And you'll see some organizations, and you probably have seen them throughout your careers as well, where people are afraid to speak up or offer up their thoughts. Now, this doesn't have to be in the business world. This can be also in community organizations and so forth. You'll see people who won't speak up and they don't offer up their thoughts or suggestions. Now, when your employees find themselves in a positive space, they, they become more creative, efficient, productive, and willing to collaborate with their co-workers. A positive atmosphere will also lead to happier employees overall, which will result in a lower attrition rate for you and the organization, which is a great thing. Now, because of this reason alone, many businesses are realizing how beneficial it can be to engage a coach. I remember a few years ago when I was working for an IT organization called EDS, Electronic Data Systems, about 150,000 employees worldwide. And we set up a coaching practice, a global one, that became international award-winning. There were different sort of work streams that we had within this coaching practice. One was that we were taking about 10,000 leaders through a coaching skills program. Now, this isn't for them to become coaches. This was for them to have, as a leader, the ability to have a coaching conversation with their employees and their peers and and so forth, and even with their leaders, their bosses. Um, There was a group of those people, about uh, 120 of them, who were really quite passionate about coaching, and they wanted to have the ability to coach others as well. And so what we did is we put them through an intensive coach program uh, that saw them being certified as internal coaches. When we ran internal leadership programs, At the end of each of the different workshops, we assigned the participants of the workshop with one of these coaches that we talked about who are leaders in their own right, and they were assigned one of those coaches for three sessions after the workshop. The purpose was really to take what they had learnt in the workshop and put it back into the workplace. In other words, bring what they learnt and brought it to life to help them and the organisation move forward. We also had about six full-time coaches who were working with executives and senior leaders within the organization. And uh, that went really, really well. In fact, we had a cost recovery model in place and it was funding itself and we were doing really well. About three to four years into it, uh, Hewlett-Packard then purchased EDS on a global basis and they advised that they didn't want the coaching practice to go forward anymore. So we shut it down. Now, don't get me wrong, HP did have some coaches come in to work with the executives one-on-one, but they were from external providers. Now, when you look at it all, creating a positive work environment does not require businesses to make some major changes. Some people and some organizations do complicate things. Now, if you keep it simple, positive changes can be accomplished by making um, some small adjustments 
to operating procedures. And I'm going to give you some examples. And it goes back to the employees, the individuals, the people working in your organization. Rather than point out something that an employee does wrong in front of everyone, it's more effective to discuss a problem in private. Now, when you confront an employee in a negative manner, that can actually greatly influence their work and attitude that day and maybe even longer. So small changes can make a huge difference when it comes to the attitudes of your employees and the level of work they accomplish. The second area that I wanted to talk to you about in relation to this was that when I'm talking to uh, an employee and um, I want to give them feedback and so forth based on what their performance is or some scenarios and so forth, what I always do is I ask them to, uh, the question of how do they see things going? Well, how did it work? How, well, how do they think it worked out for them? Well, how did it go for them? And I let them talk. What's quite interesting is that they sometimes get to those insights themselves. And so if I want to give some stronger feedback or any kind of feedback at all, I will always use what I call the sandwich methodology. If you think about a sandwich, you've got two pieces of bread and you've got something in the middle, normally meat or salads or something in between. Now, what happens is that the one slice of bread is a positive, then you've got the meat or the filling inside, and then you've got the other positive, the other, the other piece of bread, which is the other positive. So you always have the positive, then the message, and then the other positive. And that's what I call a sandwich. And that's the sandwich methodology, whereby you have these things together and so forth. Now, when you work with a coach, you'll also learn how positive reinforcement can affect your employees and the overall workplace environment. See, people like to hear when they do something well. If you notice that one of your employees has solved a problem or accomplished a project before the due date, as an example, then tell them. Now, making a positive change can be as simple as letting someone know that they're doing a good job. Here's an interesting thing that I talk about with a lot of leaders because they don't do it. Celebrate success and milestones. If you took time out to do this, that would be quite cool. Now, the other thing I would say around this whole area as well is make sure that you're spreading the recognition throughout the whole team. For some people, they favor one or two or three people in, the, in their team. Make sure you're giving that recognition, if it's appropriate, right across the team and include all individuals when you need to do it throughout the period of time. Now, going back to what I said before about celebrate success and milestones, why is that important? Because people are people and they just get on with things and they just move forward and you're always on. What's really important here is that we do take time out to take stock of what's actually happened, celebrate success, celebrate the milestones, reflect and learn from it. And if we can do that, that's really important. Now, for some people, they go, oh, but we don't have enough funding or budgets to do that. It doesn't take money sometimes. You just have to say thank you to people in front of others and recognize them. You may even be able to put on a small morning tea. I've been in scenarios whereby everyone bought in a plate of food, and we we celebrated. So just make it something special, but take time out to actually physically celebrate a success or a milestone. Now, your coach, when you engage, engage this person, they can help you develop the necessary tools to be able to share positive reinforcement with members 
of your team, of your peers, and of your leadership. Now, bringing a coach into your company will also help you create an environment where honest communication is appreciated. So if your employees don't feel comfortable sharing their opinion, they likely won't. Now, by creating an environment where people feel comfortable expressing themselves, you'll be rewarded by hearing from your employees. Why? Because they feel safe, that they feel like they can do that. They feel like they have the ability to say things and be okay. A positive workplace will be more productive, creative, innovative, and efficient, and rewarding for everyone involved. You'd be surprised what people may come up with, what ideas, what initiatives, what thoughts, things that can be done better. You see, you can't be everything to everybody. But what you can do is be smart and provide an environment for people to thrive, for people to come up with ideas, for people to move forward as well. The other thing too is that many executives have engaged a coach because they wanted someone to talk with confidentially. Someone who's not associated with their conversation and benefits. Someone like their boss, right? That's where this conversation and benefits are associated with. They can't go to their peers and talk about things because they'll be, uh, be seen as being weak. And they can't really go to their team to talk about things either. So where can they go? And that's where people who engage a coach, it helps. Now, today executives are thinking differently due to the questions that their coach has asked them. I always say this team, that the quality of your life, your role, your business comes down to the quality of questions that you ask. And a lot of executives don't take time out to think and strategize as they claim to have no time. I want to share a story here about a, about a person that I work with who was a very senior person in the New Zealand government department. And this person was very senior, as I said, and uh, they did something what they call a Gallup assessment. And what this is is really just like a 360-degree assessment whereby they went to their team members, their peers, their leader, and they got a whole lot of feedback on the executive team. There were nine in the executive team, and the person I was working with was number two to the bottom. Yep, that's right. He was second to last in his results. His results were very poor. Comments coming back that he goes into meetings and says nothing. We don't even know that he's there at times. He just fills a seat. There is no leadership presence or executive presence. He adds no value at all. So it was pretty weak stuff that we were seeing from those results. But you know what? Those results said a lot. And so they brought me in to work with the person. Great guy, very talented, has lots to offer. So we worked on some things. And one of the things that I got him to work on was for him to start thinking about the meetings coming up in the week. And so what he did, or what he did, and not just him, I've, I've worked with other leaders as well, and, and they do very similar things as well and some great results. But what I got him to do was to start thinking about what were the meetings coming up for him during the week. He put aside one hour a week. Now, for some people, it's Sunday night. For others, it's Monday morning. Do whatever's right for you, listeners. I got his executive assistant to protect it. Why? Because it was easy for him just to say and fob it off and go, oh, you know what? I'll get to it later. But they never get to it later. Why? Because they have no time. 
So it's really important to take some time out to think and strategize. One hour a week. He thought about what meetings he had coming up during the week. What was his intent or objective for the meeting? What did he want out of those meetings? Second thing was, what's the one, two or three questions he wanted to ask in that meeting? And so what he did is he went to those meetings every, every, every day better prepared. Because what happens is that a lot of us go from meeting to meeting, email to email. You go into a meeting, you sit down at the table and you go, oh, what's this meeting about? That's what you're thinking. And you don't say it out loud, but you look around. That's why people reach for their phones and they have a look at their calendars just to see and remind them what this meeting's about. The other thing is that what happens is that they are still thinking about the previous meeting they've just been in and they're starting to think about the next meeting they've got to go to. So they're not always present in the room. So by you thinking about what you want out of the meeting, by you thinking about the one, two or three questions you want to ask, that starts getting you prepared for that week. Nine months later, we did another Gallup survey. Once again, the results came in. Of the nine executives, he was number two again. Number two from the top. That's right, he was second best. The comments coming through were fantastic. Great executive and leadership presence. Adds tremendous value. Asks fantastic questions. Always there to support. Always there to hold us accountable. So his whole presence, his whole way that he carried himself and showed up as a leader changed. So team, I'm going to encourage you to step back and think as well. But if you're serious about moving forward as an executive, now when I say an executive, executive, senior leader, leader, entrepreneur, whatever you do, if you're serious about moving forward, both personally and for your organization, then highly, I highly recommend that you consider engaging an executive coach. You see, I work with a lot of leaders around the world, and I work with them one-on-one. -on -one. I challenge their thinking. I get them to think about things differently. I hold them accountable to what they're committing to doing. I support them whatever they're saying, what they want, what they need from me. But I'm there to help them be the best that they can be. I'm there to take them to another level. I'm there to get them positive results. And that's why they hire me as a coach. Team, if there's anything that you think that I can do to help you, to get on a call and have a chat about where you want to go in your next role, you know, a business you might want to start, next initiative, things that are happening in your organization that you want to improve, things that you want to do in the next year, feel free to reach out to me and let's have a chat. Let's talk about how I can help you. Because you see, those who engage an executive coach are the ones who will see positive results as a result of that. Hey team, check out the Facebook group, Leadership is Changing. If you haven't already done so, feel free to join that group. Great community, great people there, and we're learning off each other. It's always a pleasure having you on the show with me. What we as leaders know to be true is that change is constant. Change is incredibly scary, especially with the unknown and the unfamiliar territory. It's time to adapt in a fast-moving world when leadership is changing. Hey, listeners, look out for the episodes as they've been released. Download them. Have a listen. Put a review. Put a rating. Share them with your friends, your family, your network. If there's any feedback you'd like to give me, 
on the show, or if there's a question you'd like to ask me for uh, that you want me to ask the guests, or if there's a question you have for me on the Ask Dennis episode, then feel free to send me an email, dennis at leadingchangepartners.com. Team, it's always a pleasure, as I said before, to have you on the show with me. Until next time, bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.